0: Welcome to The Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do, and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. And indeed, welcome to The Sages Among Us. I'm Keith Porter, my guest today is Cindy Zulsdorf, Cindy's a marketing expert for small and medium-sized businesses. She's the author of three books. She's the owner of Kokoro Marketing in Nevada City. And she's a founding organizer of Girls Who Code in our community. So we have a lot to talk about. So, Cindy, welcome to the hot seat on The Sages Among Us.
1: Hey, great to be here. Thank you.
0: You bet. Thanks for joining us on a day very shortly before the holidays. It's always a busy time. We really appreciate that. Um, this show is about you, your work, uh, but I want to share a little bit about your background first so we kind of know a little bit more about who you are. Um, you were born in Madison, Wisconsin, in a TV tech savvy family. Your parents were both involved in the television industry. Um, your parents came to Nevada County uh, w- along with the video industry, I think, in the 80s. You visited uh, and then decided to move here yourself, where you married a I local. Did. or you married a a local guy or at least a guy that was here Uh, you've uh, you have a daughter you worked when you first came to the community at Sierra Mountain Coffee Roasters on ensemble designs and then in 2015 you started your own business Coco Ro Marketing and we're just dying to find out what Coco Ro means Uh, but you're also the author of uh, three books on marketing for small and medium businesses so sounds like quite a resume so uh, thank you very much for sharing us with us all about uh, who you are and uh, how you got to that point. So, um, Thank you, Keith. So tell us, uh, let, let's start with your beginnings. Uh, you grew up in Madison. Um, what were your interests? What was it like growing up as a child in Madison, Wisconsin, in the cold country?
1: In the cold country, indeed. Uh, I love skiing, so just From that sort of early age of four or five, I can remember going skiing, which was wonderful. And I thought everybody's phone rang at 2 or 3 a.m. and their parents were working at a TV station at night when the transmitter needed work. Like, that seems pretty typical. So those are things that uh, were big in Wisconsin. Of course, building some igloos and uh, uh, snowmen and stuff like that.
0: Do you, Are you responsible in any way for the fact that we're going to have a white Christmas in Nevada County for the first time in a long time?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it's great for the marketing oh part, right?
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> great. We love the snow. I'm, I'm happy. I was skiing on Saturday, so all good.
0: All right. Well, as a child, back to childhood, were you the good child or the rebel kind of a kid?
1: Oh, man, I would have to say, at least the way I view it, is I was kind of a color outside the lines a little bit. A little bit of a rebel, a little bit of um, reinventing the wheel kind of person. And if I had an interest, I was more than happy to dig in 110% and just uh, go crazy, you know, working on it, learning it, and... uh, yeah that, that was kind of me
0: the focused kid and the focused learner good so it, if
1: it's a topic i like i was all in yes
0: any any memorable experiences uh, during your youth and uh, high school years that uh, that you think were formative in the direction of your life
1: well one time i had an invitation to get on a bus in madison wisconsin and go to new york city to the united nations where there was going to be a march against apartheid. And I decided to jump on that bus and do that. And it was fascinating. So Madison, of course, is very international and lots of people from all over. So that piece I felt pretty comfortable with. But just going from Madison to New York, uh, you know, I think I had a friend with me that we got on the bus, went out there and demonstrated and learned a lot about the world and what was happening and and what needed to change.
0: So, at what age did you make that uh trek?
1: Yes, I was trying to think back. Uh 17, 18 somewhere okay. in there. Yeah.
0: Late high school. Oh, wow. Adventure. Late high school. <laughs> yeah, it really was. So, your father and mother were both very involved in the TV industry during your childhood, and I understand your father holds patents in TV technology and was brought to uh, was in, uh, came to Nevada County in in early days in the 80s uh to join Grass Valley Group here. Um, Did being immersed in a family with so much media tech around you, did that influence the direction of your life at all?
1: Absolutely. It really did. So both my mom and dad are just super smart, and I I thought everyone's parents could figure anything out that they wanted to, and uh, they did. They they both were really uh, inventive, kind of scrappy, did all kinds of different work. Uh, My dad, of course... um, uh, worked in TV, and my mom did as well, and then my dad left to start his own business doing consulting, and I always remember him saying, I might have waited a little too long to do that. I could have done that sooner, and those words stuck with me. And so I think both of them with their inventiveness and just go, uh, just go out there and get it done kind of attitude. My dad will just talk to anybody, by the way. You know, he'll just meet anybody in an elevator and start chatting and, you know, friendly and I learned that that's a good skill as well.
0: So good things that you learned from your parents and being around them. But in college, you did not stick with the TV uh, thrust of the rest of the family. You focused on uh, business and Asian studies. Uh, Tell us why you chose those areas of study for yourself.
1: Yeah, so uh, I did go to college at University of Madison for a while, um, but I got really caught up in working and loved uh, working. And so I stopped school probably, I guess, junior year-ish and pursued work and moved to Chicago and worked in music stores where, uh, you know, we had to know about um, hip-hop, rap, opera, classical music, you know, everything. And I loved that. It was super fun. So then... I ended up moving out to California and eventually uh, somewhat later in life I picked up my education again and business and Asian Studies just made sense to me at the time that's what I was interested in.
0: Okay and uh, you told me that you finished your college work with a university in Connecticut that specializes in people who have got some college but need to finish off their requirements for a degree. Uh, Tell us a little (laughs) bit about that experience.
1: Yeah, so I was inspired by someone I met at a local business, and her name's Lisa, and I'm trying to remember her last name. She worked at one of the fabricators here in town, and she told me she got a book and figured out how to go back to school, and that inspired me. And so, Lisa, if you are listening, thank you, thank you. So I did that, and I had a ton of credits. I'd gone to University of Madison. I'd done some classes at Malcolm X University in Chicago, I'd taken some um, television and video uh, courses here at Yuba College and Sierra College and there was a time when uh, those classes were held at Grass Valley Group and were taught by engineers there and I had college credits all over the place. So I was in business. I was doing sales and marketing at a local uh, video company and that's what I was doing. So business made sense. And I had found uh, during the times I'd traveled to Japan and visited places like uh, um, NHK and um, just uh, different TV stations there that knowing a little bit of Japanese went a long ways toward relationships and sales. And so I thought, well, that's pretty cool. So I kind of combined the two, business and Asian studies uh, and some Japanese language classes, and that's what my degree ended up being in
0: so so what what took you to japan was it just uh, your interest was it studies was it was it work related
1: work related so i was lucky to uh work with um people and uh, tv stations all over the world i had uh, uh, cool job in sales and marketing here at a local company. And I got to meet some really interesting people from all over the place. And sometimes we did trade shows. So there was a trade show in Japan. I did uh, a lot of Novembers uh, called Interbee And I didn't want to stand there and be the person who couldn't talk with the folks visiting the show. So I learned a demo. I learned how to demo my equipment that I was selling in Japanese. And I just started talking with people and i'd give them the demo wow. and then i'd say in japanese do you have any questions and if they said anything at all i'd say oh just a moment please and then i'd go get <laughs> an actual japanese
0: speaking person <laughs> wow Oh, that's pretty darn creative <laughs> i'm keith porter and my guest today more
1: fun than uh, just standing uh, there
0: <laughs> yeah no kidding Uh, I'm Keith Porter on The Sages Among Us. My guest today is Cindy Zulsdorf. She's a marketing expert for small and medium-sized businesses. She's the author of three books. She's the owner of Kokoro Marketing in Nevada City, and she's a founding organizer of Girls Who Code in our community. So we have lots more to talk about, so I don't want to get us bogged down here too much. But you made the move to Nevada County, I think, in 1989. Um, Was there any culture shock uh, coming from uh, Chicago and Madison and places very urban to Nevada County?
1: Oh, so much. Uh, I came from, as you mentioned, Chicago and had grown up in Madison, where in both places there's people from all over the world and different languages and different cultures really everywhere you turn. Um, And people wouldn't necessarily think that Madison's that way, but it's a college town, and it is. And so when I came here, for one thing, it's really small compared to those places, so people who I didn't really know would say hello to me. Yeah, and I was like, wow, that's really weird. And then it's a bit it certainly when I moved here was quite homogenous and still is uh, to a point. So that was a big shock. Yes.
0: So you, uh, after moving here, you met your husband, Gary Upton, who's a well-known local musician and uh, guy uh, around town. Uh, You worked with the local businesses. But uh, was meeting Gary part of what brought you and kept you here, or was that just after you were uh, firmly settled in our community?
1: I moved here thinking I might move to Berkeley or Davis or San Francisco. I didn't have an exact plan, and yep, met him, and just life kicked off and fell in love with the place here, and I decided that um, it was small, and if I wanted to go to a bigger place, it just wasn't that far away, and so it was okay. It was a great balance.
0: And besides, it's a lot closer to the ski slope. (laughs) True. True. So, uh, okay, so you're settled here. Uh, you're you're working, you're married, you're raising a daughter. Um, then in 2015, you started your own business, Cocoro Marketing. So first now, you've got to tell us about Cocoro. When's the name?
1: Cocoro. So Cocoro means heart, mind, and spirit. And the reason I care about that is because in any type of business, we need to know about what the other person cares about, what's in their heart, what matters to them. So, whether that is a person who's buying something from us, a customer, a client, a prospect, or a coworker, someone we, we see every day uh, in the office, whether we're seeing them on Zoom or right next to them, we need to know what matters to them. So, heart, mind, and spirit.
0: Okay, and I was mispronouncing it. I was, you, you, the correct pronunciation is Kokoro, is that correct?
1: I say kokoro.
0: Kokoro. Okay. You're
1: all good. It's all good. <laughs> you're not going to criticize <laughs> me too badly yep. for
0: my clumsy Japanese. Huh?
1: You're fine.
0: So uh, t- tell us a bit more about the the story of starting your own business. And was it was it scary to venture out on your own? did you, did you have obstacles oh, yeah. that were difficult? Yeah, tell us about it.
1: So scary. So scary. So scary. So I wrote a little bit about that in my 7 marketing basics book how I started. But even uh, quite the whole chapter in the Female Entrepreneur's Playbook, my chapter's the last in that book because it went alphabetically, so hey, I'm the last one. And I kind of get into the whole story. So I was scared. I didn't have a plan. I just knew I needed to start uh, something new, and I wasn't sure where to head. And so many awesome people phoned me up, hey, what are you doing, and I wasn't sure, and When you know, give me a call, that kind of thing. And one person uh, that I work with now, uh, Karen Cohen, she phoned me up. What are you doing? I don't know. I love working with small businesses. Well, what do you love about it? I start listing stuff off. And one of the things I said was, and I love doing marketing automation. And she's like, well, what's that? Tell me about that. Uh And so one thing led to another, and I decided to start Kokoro Marketing to help small businesses because I noticed Small business owners feel like they're working 26 hours a day. They're so busy. And by helping them automate some systems, put a few things in place, they can get their lives back, be human with their customers, clients, families. And uh, that's really what I made my mission about with Kokoro Marketing. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, you have made the point that uh, marketing automation is really helpful for for business owners to um, to have a life, really, and be able to be successful. But but what what could give us an example of what is marketing automation?
1: Yeah, that's perfect. You know, my first clients were um, one was uh, just uh, west of London in the Reading area. The, another one was in Montreal, and another one in was in San Jose and those are like my first three clients that I got to work with them. and all three of them needed a really good way to follow up with their leads and so what happens with so many companies is they spend money on promotion maybe at a trade show an event whatever the thing is and find people who are interested and get those leads those names of people who are interested and then what happens next (laughs) isn't so good. They might just have a, a drawer full of business cards or a bunch of photos on their phone or whatever, or pass the leads to a salesperson or the salespeople and kinda hope for the best and just keep moving on. But in these cases, what we did was we had an automated system that sent an email right from the trade show floor. Hey, thanks for coming by. A quick picture of the people in the booth at the show And then a couple links in that email that said, hey, uh, if you're interested in topic one, you can get info here. If you're interested in topic two, you can get info there. And just by having those links in the email now, you know if they click those links what they're interested in, right? right? And it's a really good way to respond super quickly. That is just one small but super powerful piece of marketing automation that we still Uh, put into play today
0: all right well and you mentioned you've you've authored books three books i believe on marketing and one of which the seven marketing seven marketing basics was number one release in marketing for small businesses on amazon so that's pretty impressive so tell us about the books and and the process of writing them and why the books have been so successful
1: Yes, yes, and I give away a copy of it every month, so if you would like to enter to win a copy of the book, I have a freebie I will give you, a marketing plan, so marketing master plan, so all you need to do is text the word biz, B-I-Z, to me at 530-203-5703, I'll say it again in a moment, and... That way, you will be automatically entered to win a copy of the book. I'll send it to you. Um, And you'll get a free marketing master plan that you can put into play in your business or pass it to someone else who's a a small business owner. So the number is 530-203-5703. And the process of writing the book. Okay, so here's what happened. I was in business for a few years, and we were doing a lot of different things for clients, but I started to see some patterns. I started to see things that were working very, very well and distilled them into seven categories. And it was, it was a Thanksgiving that was snowy, and I was sitting at our house on Banner Mountain with some sticky notes and writing down all the things we were doing with clients, and then I started stacking them into piles, and I went, there's seven things that we do. Now, there's a few outliers and different things, but for the most part, here's what we do. And lots of people would phone me up and say, can you help me with this? Can you tell me how to do that? And I always help. But I thought, hey, I should take the info, the things that clients pay us thousands of dollars a month to do, write it down, make a book, make an online course, and share it out with people so that other people can do that for themselves. So that was the thought behind the book.
0: All right. So how long did it take you to write the book, would you say? And was that a, a major project, or did it just kind of flow easily for you? Oh,
1: this is
0: a major project.
1: It was such a major project. So from the time of that sticky note pile till the release date of the book was 10 months.
0: Okay. Well, you know. And I
1: wasn't writing the whole time. <laughs> you know, there was a, a lot of it thinking about it and how are we going to do it and what's a good way to organize it and all of that. So,
0: yes. Well, that's, a, that's quite an adventure. Uh, I'm Keith Porter on The Sages Among Us. My guest today is Cindy Zulsdorf. She's a marketing expert for small and medium-sized businesses, the author of the books we've just been talking about, uh, owner of Kokoro Mar- Kokoro. Uh, marketing. I'm going to try very hard. Kokoro, marketing in Nevada City. And she's the founding organizi- organizer of Girls Who Code, which we're going to talk about in just a second. So, um, did I say that reasonably well that time? Kokoro? So good. So good. You're all good. <laughs> Getting there. Okay. So, uh, let's talk about uh, Girls Who Code. I I know that was a major uh, innovation in the community. A couple of friends of mine, uh, Dave Bungie and uh, others, were very involved in that and I think asked you to help organize and get it started, and you did. So, tell us about that. Tell us about the program and what it was like to get involved in launching it.
1: Oh, yes. So, I've worked in high tech my whole life, done a, a little bit of coding. I'm definitely not an engineer. I'm not an official coder or anything like that. It's just that setting up marketing automation and doing, uh, selling high-tech equipment to engineers at TV stations put me in contact with uh, technology all the time. And so Dave Bungie came to me and said, hey, we want to start a g- Girls Who Code club here. I believe it was the Rotary.
0: I think Rotary. Yes.
1: And Yeah. And could I help? And I said, heck yeah. So when did they want to start? Well, as soon as possible. So the first couple things to do, of course, was to find someone to teach, to be the instructor. And so I hit up my excellent friend, Ken Krugler, a local super smart and awesome person here. And he said, yes, he'd do it. And then other people helped too. There's so many people who helped with this. And so once we had Ken and some others on board, Then the the thing was to look for a place that had a computer lab that would host us, and we turned to Bitney High School, and they were great. I mean, I think within, I want to say, two weeks, we had the thing up and running and going, and we were promoting it, and people wanted to sign up, and it was a go.
0: And has the program been successful? I mean, my, my understanding is it's been very important.
1: Oh yeah, at this point, um I, I worked with it for uh, maybe a year and a half, two years, and it was going gangbusters. There was even a student, uh, I think it's Thea um, who stepped up and said, "I want to teach a summer course," and she was just brand new to the whole thing but jumped in and did it. We even invited boys to that because we had some people saying, "What about boys who coach?
0: There you go yeah
1: of a summer. Thing with everybody, we like everybody. It's all good. Um, and at some point, some other folks um, took the reins, and I stepped back. And as far as I know, it's still rolling. And of really? course, it's an international organization that does great things for uh, girls who code.
0: Well, thank you for that contribution to our community. I'm sure it was very important for the people that have uh, been participants. Um, Cindy, I'd like to come back to a few more personal questions for a minute, if that's all right with you. Um, let me ask you, what parts of your work do you really enjoy, and what parts of your work make you grit your teeth to get it done in order to get it done so you can go to the good stuff?
1: <laughs> oh, and So I love, love, love talking with people who have an amazing product or invention or service who want to really work on that and talk to their customers, but they either don't have time to do marketing or don't know where to start, or they're an overwhelmed marketer. They're just like, I'm completely overwhelmed. And so I love helping those folks tell their story and get the word out so that they can just sell more and have a super successful business. And so that piece of benefiting other people, I really, really like. So I was talking with um, a client last week And we put together a video series for them um, all about their test equipment and how it's used for uh, like WandaVision and uh, ESPN and different things like that. Um, And just put this video series together and they're thrilled. I love helping them do it. And I get to work with people from all over the world and help get the message out. I also um, working with, uh, I mostly work with high tech companies for services, but for um, other things, sometimes we end up working with uh, attorneys, health professionals, all different folks. So I was working with someone, a one person business uh, entrepreneur, and she had a really cool new product, didn't know how to get it out there. We put our heads together, put a really cool plan together and some uh, what I'd call a lead magnet. Someone can sign up, get info, and then you start that conversation with them and her business is off and running. So I love that piece. That's so fun.
0: Okay. Well, you, you haven't talked a lot about the parts you don't like, but I have. I get the feeling that yeah. you really enjoy your job so much that it's, uh, it's there probably isn't a lot that uh, makes you grit your teeth. <laughs> so, so I mean, I,
1: I have a team, right? And so we have five of us. And so what we do is every day we have a stand-up. And you know this because the other day when we talked, I said, I need to jump for my stand-up for, you <laughs> yeah. know, 10 minutes. Can I call you back? And so... Because there's a team, we all say what we're working on, if there's any roadblocks, and how busy we are on a scale of 1 to 10. But that's also an opportunity if there's something that any member in the team is like, I'm struggling with this, this is hard, I don't love this. Somebody else on the team will usually go, "Ooh, I love doing that, let me take it. Okay. (laughs) So that's kind of how we manage it.
0: All right. Well, again, uh, to be a little more personal for a second, uh, is there an accomplishment or a role in your life that you're especially pleased with or proud of?
1: I'm going to go back to the book. Like, this is such a big thing for me, the Seven Marketing Basics book. I feel like I took a lifetime of, you know, of lived experience knocking on doors and selling stuff and figuring out how to promote things and turned it into something that can benefit a lot of other people. And um, people, all the kind of free info and different things that I, I have, a free Facebook group, Seven Marketing Basics group, where I'm just sharing stuff. I feel so happy and proud to share that. And when someone messages back or calls up and said, this helped me, I'm making money because of what you shared with me. I love that. So that book. Seven marketing basics book is it for me.
0: Okay. Well, I know you've done, you do a number of things in the community. You certainly did the Girls Who Code uh, project, get that underway. I know today you spent time with your church in Nevada City um, getting um, uh, Christmas holiday materials and food and uh, gifts, I think, to needy people. Um, what are the personal rewards for you, you personally, for your, from your work in the community that, that make that all worthwhile?
1: I feel like we're on the planet to connect. That's what we're doing. So I want to benefit other people. So today, um, I mean, I texted all of those 80 people to remind them to come get their stuff today. And people sent back pictures and, hey, I didn't have shoes. And now I have a pair. And, you know, my, my kid wasn't going to get any gifts. And and your group made it happen. Like So just me getting to be a part of that. My mom runs that program. My mom and dad are super instrumental in that that program and there's tons of other people at the church at the nevada city methodists that make that happen but those kinds of things i love uh just helping others and making it a better place right. being so, a service.
0: so can you identify one thing you like most about this community that we call home
1: well, I really like going to Java John's and having coffee with my friend Chris. That's pretty good.
0: All right. And then
1: I, I, I love uh, walking at the river. My daughter worked at Circle over the summer, which is really cool. And so going to the river is great. And my family's here. You know, my parents are here. Uh, my mother-in-law's here. My husband, my daughter. So um, here is where I love. My heart is here.
0: All right. So... If a genie in the bottle give gave you one wish to improve our community, uh, what would you what would you apply that to?
1: Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, let's see. I think everyone should have somewhere to live, food and a clean environment. I think if the genie could do that, oh my gosh, and everyone feel loved and amazing and healthy and happy, mental health
0: I said one thing. That sounds like several, but, I know, but <laughs> okay. It's, it's it's a very it's a very uh, powerful genie. So we'll assume all of that happens. Um, let, let's look ahead uh, in a, in the next thirty seconds or so before we have to wind things down. What is something you'd still like to accomplish in the area of civic engagement or some other aspect of your life?
1: Mm. Oh, that's such a good one. I feel like I have this list of so many things I want to do. I might have to circle back with you on another show. Uh, uh, Oh, okay. I'm leaving that
0: open. I'm leaving that open. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll let some time go by and uh, find out what that is at some point in the future. Well, I am Keith Porter. This is The Sages Among Us. My guest today has been Cindy Zulesdorf small business marketing automation expert, author of three books, owner of Kokoro Marketing in Nevada City, founding organizi- organizer of Girls Who Code, and a general all-around good person in the community volunteering in a variety of ways. So thank you very much for joining us, Cindy. Thank you so much for being my guest. I appreciate that.
1: Thank you, Keith.